Our scripture this morning comes from three places, from Psalm 95, from John 18 and 19, and from Colossians chapter 3. From Psalm 95, we hear, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into God's presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to God with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a king above all gods. In God's hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are God's also. The sea is God's. God made it. And the dry land, which God has formed. From John chapter 18, verse 28 to 38 and 19, 1 to 5. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid, avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, If this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews replied, We are not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own? Or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, what is truth? After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and striking him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, here is the man. And then from Colossians chapter three, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. 
Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. These are our sacred stories. Today, as you already heard from Laura, we celebrate Christ the King Sunday, the last Sunday before the beginning of Advent. The Christmas season is already upon us, and we haven't even had Thanksgiving yet. The day after Halloween, my neighbors were taking down the bright orange plastic pumpkins from their oak tree and replacing them with gold and silver balls. The Christmas season is upon us. But a few days before Veterans Day, I stopped at Christ the King Lutheran Church near Rice University. Decorations had been up for three weeks in the village. I joined a handful of people gathered to decorate a plain wooden tree. The bare branches were already hung with military dog tags, which had been placed each day since the beginning of November. I learned they symbolized the 21 veterans who commit suicide each day. They hung as a grim reminder of more crucified people dying from their service. Whether service to country or empire or kingdom or cause, the cost is the same. The minister led us in a small service of remembrance. He said a prayer and then we took turns hanging more tags. A man named David was there. The tallest among us, he stretched up on his toes to hang his tags on the highest branch. He didn't need the ladder the rest of us had to use. Afterward, he asked if he could share a story. He pulled a folded up piece of paper from his pocket. Then he pushed back his veteran's cap, turned his piercing blue eyes upon us, and lifted up his voice. He had met Jesus the day before and came to sing to us about it. He had been in the grocery store looking for Jesus, as was his habit. Not the looking for Jesus that made me worry about a person's grasp on reality, but the looking for Jesus that makes me wish that I could see with his eyes. Jesus had found him first, making himself known as he complained loudly about the temporary absence of Mountain Dew at Kroger's. David walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus and then went on to sing about his homeless tent and his wounds inside and out and his failings and his faith. His voice rose and fell until we were all drawn in, stripped bare by the loss and the love in the story. God's love. David did not look like a psalmist but he sang with his words, perfectly pitched to resonate with the vessel of my heart and shatter it to pieces. When he finished, silence fell and tears stood in many eyes, including mine. 
I thanked him for his gift to all of us and hoped I could find a way to share it. Later that day, our minister, Laura, reminded me that I was going to preach on Christ the King Sunday. The coincidence was too great not to be a sign. Christ the King Sunday comes at the end of ordinary time in the church calendar. Well, ordinary times seems to have disappeared since 2020. Wouldn't it be nice if we could return to ordinary time? In preparing for this Sunday, I had to do a little research. Laura would have understood all of the church history behind this day, but I didn't, and I trust that many of you don't either. So, according to Wikipedia, this Sunday was added to the church calendar in 1925 by Pope Pius the 11th in the aftermath of World War I, which brought on the fall of several earthly empires. It was a response to growing secularism and nationalism, an effort to put Jesus back on the throne of men's hearts. People's hearts is the correct way that I wrote that. It was part of an encyclical or letter written by the Pope entitled Quas Primus, which means in the first. Here's part of what it said about the reign of Jesus as King. He wrote, so he is said to reign in the hearts of men, both by reason of the keenness of his intellect and the extent of his knowledge, and also because he is very truth. And it is from him that truth must be obediently received by all mankind. He reigns too in the wills of men, for in him the human will was perfectly and entirely obedient to the holy will of God. And further by his grace and inspiration, he so subjects our free will as to incite us to the most noble endeavors. He is king of hearts too, by reason of his charity, which exceedeth all knowledge. A year after this encyclical, the first actual church named Christ the King was established in November 1926 in Mount Lookout, Cincinnati, with the blessings of the Pope. It was a young parish which had outgrown its humble beginnings in a pharmacy and needed a real sanctuary. This sounds a little bit like us. What does it mean in these times, these non-ordinary times, to have Christ as your king. I must admit my response to the political turmoils of the last few years has been to withdraw, to look for different ways to see things beyond the echo chambers, true or false, of our increasingly secular world, to get beyond words to their possible worth. Our liturgy today contains a back and forth and lengthy exchange between Jesus the accused, and Pontius Pilate, the official required to pass judgment. This is all too familiar to us today. A he said, you said, they said, finger pointing at whether Jesus was a king. A king of one group of people, the Jews, at a time of occupation of them by another group of people, the Romans, in a land and time far, far away. A king so named by another ruler, Pontius Pilate the governor, 
and then used to appease a restless crowd. In case you missed it, I'll do a breaking news recap from the Good News Channel of John. Pilate went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea? Jesus asked. Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leader. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth, retorted Pilate. Well, it goes on a bit, but the upshot is that the ruling party doesn't believe him. It's unbelievable, but they take him away and crown him with thorns and clothe him with purple robes. Perhaps this is done in mockery or to cover their bases should there be later fallout. Hey, don't blame me, I thought he was a king. If Jesus is king, but not of this world, what is he talking about? The possibilities abound. In our scripture today, Paul's letter to the Colossians says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. He actually gives us directions on how to achieve this. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Clothes usually do convey status. Somewhere back at the start, we discovered that we needed clothes to hide our nakedness and our need. Now it's become all about appearances and not about the creature underneath. Jesus was clothed in royal garments that symbolized earthly power, but only served to mock him. The Jesus that my David met in Kroger's was likely clothed in other people's cast-offs. Appearances can be deceiving. Even Jesus' persecutors had to strip him of his kingly robes before they could nail him to the cross. It's hard to kill a God asks us to close our, clothe ourselves, not in material garments, but in virtue. Since Jesus was killed, we've been searching for his kingdom. He told us it was coming soon and that it would be otherworldly, not of this world. We prayed for it and sung about it and marched for it and fought for it. But Jesus told us where to find it. The kingdom of God is within you. It's been there all along. 
We just need to take the time to see it. Sometimes we have to just stop and listen, like I did at Christ the King Lutheran Church before Veterans Day. And Jesus spoke to me through his modern-day psalmist, David. This is what I took away from that perhaps, perhaps not-so-chance encounter. If the kingdom of God is within me, it's within you also. And you, and you, and you, and you. And in the heart of every person you meet, you may be confused by their clothes, or by their circumstances, or by their cultures, and they may be confused by yours. So clothe yourselves as Paul admonishes, so that you will be recognized as a representative of the king with mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and forgiveness, and then bind it all together with love. You may not feel the part, but you can play the part, and the peace which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in the love of God.